Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Orange or Brown Talk podcast here on a Saturday. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. We are at the team facility here early Saturday morning. The Browns finally went on the clock on Friday. Uh, they took at number 74, Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver out of Tennessee. And then at number 98, they took a defensive tackle. And the name of that defensive tackle, see if I can say this, Siaki Ika. I've been practicing. Siaki Ika. Uh, the defensive tackle um, out of Baylor. So let's get to it. Let's just start with the first pick here, Mary Kay, at number 74. I thought it was interesting. The Browns just sort of stayed put. They did get jumped uh, by the Giants, who took Jalen Hyatt. We don't know if the Browns would have taken Jalen Hyatt or not. They end up taking his teammate. Uh, but in Cedric Tillman, they get a big receiver with good hands, a physical guy. Seems like a guy they really liked. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I think the uh, I think the philosophy and the thinking and the strategy was very sound here. I think it's very important to add more receivers to the arsenal for Deshaun Watson. I think that uh, he's going to be going out there and trying to find chemistry with some of these different receivers, and you don't know who you're going to have it with. You just don't know. I, I wrote this today. You can't coach that. You have to you know throw those guys out there and see. Uh, when he starts running around and making the off-schedule plays and improvising, uh, you know, who is going to naturally click with him? And I think the more candidates that you have and the more kinds of candidates that you have, the more diversity that you have in the core, the better off you're going to be. So now they've got size. Not only do they have size with Cedric Tillman, they also have size when they look at Jordan Aikens, he's almost like a big receiver, even though he's listed as a tight end. I think they view him as a big receiver. So these guys go into the, like, big pass catcher pile. You know, they've got the littler guys. They've got the speedy guys now. I mean, they have overhauled the pass catching core, and I think that's significant. Yeah, Ashley, receiver wasn't surprising, but I thought the type of receiver, and this wasn't really anyone anyone expected, right? I mean, nobody had Cedric Tillman on their list of guys the Browns should draft. But when you kind of look at him and do a little more research on him, you sort of see what it was that that they kind of saw in him. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not a player I ever even saw in, like, doing mock draft roundups. I never had him on a mock draft. Like, I do think the conventional thinking coming into this draft was if they added to that receiver room, it might be, you know, some more speed or a guy with some slot experience where those were the kind of players you were seeing mock to them, like Josh Downs from North Carolina, for example. Um, and Cedric Tillman played exclusively on the outside. Actually, in Tennessee's offense, he played exclusively on the right side. But something about him, like you said, Dan, he has size that this room doesn't have. He's got a bigger frame than DPJ, who's like an inch shorter. He's maybe got like 10 pounds or so on Donovan. Um, and he has really good hands. He can kind of make those contested catches, it seems like. Um, and again, it just kind of goes back to what Mary Kay was saying, that they're looking for guys who, you know, can't. they can kind of throw out there with Deshaun. And it's not just about competition in that room. It's about who's going to work well with Deshaun. I think it's about who's going to work well, especially on scramble drills with Deshaun. So he just kind of gives them another body to make that happen. And they're kind of revamping up the pass catching core. So, Mary Kay, we look at this receiving core now. You've got Amari Cooper, you've got Donovan Peoples-Jones, you've got Elijah Moore. Uh, they also did sign Marquise Goodwin. It's pretty wide open, though, after those top three. Now, I'm sure they have plans for Goodwin as well, so maybe I should say top four. But it's pretty wide open after that. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a third-round pick, so you just never know where these guys are in their development. But how realistic is it that we could see Cedric Tillman on the field 
pretty quickly for this team. Oh, I think it's very realistic. I think they really, really like him. I think that uh, he's geared to what they want to do, and they probably, you know, obviously they studied their, their film, they broke everything down, and they realized what they needed. And this was uh, not only someone that they need for this year, but as they move forward, uh, you know, I, this was another thing I, I tried to point out today is that Amari Cooper's contract is up after next season. And heading into next season, he's going to cost another $24 million in a cap charge in 2024. So, therefore, Cedric Tillman is somebody that could possibly work his way up into a number one wide receiver role. And I think that's vitally important. You just kind of have to keep them coming. And, and Ashley, we talked to Glenn Cook and Catherine Rage, the assistant GMs of this football team. I thought it was interesting. They both mentioned that he has traits to, especially Glenn, mentioned that he has traits to maybe become a, a number one receiver. He didn't want to put that on him, but he said those those traits are there. Yeah, because it seems like they really like, you know, they mentioned his route running too. And I think they they just think overall there's some room for him to grow. And I think especially because of the way he can make plays, they, they kept saying repeatedly, he can help us in the red zone, but we think he can make plays on all three levels. And I think, again, when you're bringing in somebody to work with Deshaun Watson, um, we've said it for the last couple of years about this offense now, it's just lacked that kind of deep playability. And yes, Deshaun obviously has that ability as a quarterback, but we didn't really get to see that fully come out of him um, in the six games he played last season. So I think the more guys you can add to help make plays deep and stretch the field and kind of be versatile, it sounds like a little bit um, in terms of where he can make plays, uh, that's better for this offense and trying to figure out what's going to work. Mary Kay, there's a number that stood out to me when I looked at his stats, um, and it was from 2021. In 2022, he only played six games. He was dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, got on the field, though, for those six games, which is something that Glenn pointed out that they actually really liked. Um, but the stat that stood out to me, because I just thought to myself, Mary Kay's going to love this, 12 touchdowns in 2021. You are on this pod all the time talking about guys scoring touchdowns, and he scored touchdowns in, in 2021 for that Tennessee team. Yeah, and that is absolutely 100% what you need, is guys that can score the football and have a knack and a nose for the end zone. That's what they need. They didn't have enough of that last year. Some of that was because uh, Jacoby Brissett does not throw a ton of touchdown passes. But, um, but Deshaun needs guys that, that can go down field, get into the red zone, get into the end zone, get into the – end zone and catch touchdown passes for you and that's what he can do those 12 I think loom large in 2021 and I think Deshaun will have upwards of 30 this year I'm also curious to see how Kevin Stefanski deploys him um, played outside at Tennessee as you'd expect because he's a big guy but I just feel like Ashley there's so many opportunities in this receiving core with the different body types line him up as a sort of big tight end or something just with the with his size there are, there are just so many different things you can do. Yeah, have him block, like do do all kinds of different things. And I think, you know, again, we love this phrase about, I know I don't remember where you got it from, Dan, but about your wide receiver room looking like a basketball team. And 
I do think there is something to that and just kind of seeing who does what well, like where can he block potentially? Um, how can he make plays downfield? What does he look like with Amari? What can he pick up from Amari? Like, I do think there there is something to bringing another young guy in here, getting him around guys who have been in the league now for a little while, especially with Amari at the head of that room and, and just kind of see how you can deploy them differently. And again, I think because in Tennessee, he got kind of pigeonholed as this outside guy who only played on one side of the field. Like I'm sure the Browns look at him and think, oh, well, how else can we use him? Because you, you typically hear them talk about their draft picks in that way. Like what kind of untapped potential is there with him? And I think they obviously see that if they're willing to take him with their first pick. Okay. Uh, anything else on, on Cedric before we move on to, uh, to this other pick here? Like we can add the fact that his father was an NFL player too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, you know, he talked a little bit about that. Didn't say too much, but you know, Andrew even alluded to the fact that he kind of comes from that background. Uh, certainly I think helps his demeanor and the way he views the game. They talked about him. I think Glenn Cook was the one who said he's an action first speak later kind of guy. So it's easy to see it with his demeanor, even why they were drawn to him, I think. Yeah, Mary Kay, it does feel like, and we've only talked to him on the phone at, at this point, but it does feel like they drafted an adult. Um, I spe- you know, think about his brother. Uh, he wears number four because his brother played college football and couldn't, couldn't go to the pros because he had to serve in the military. So I, this is a guy that sort of just seems to have things in order. Yeah, he does have uh, you know, football bloodlines. He's grown up around the game. He understands it. He gets the game, and he's very confident. He has that requisite sort of receiver confidence that you need to have. He said, I, I'm going to dominate. Those are some big words to come into the NFL with. I am going to dominate. Now, a lot of guys talk a big game when they come in on draft day, uh, but he really did sound like uh, he had a lot of conviction about the fact that he's going to be really, really good at this level. So we'll see if he can live up to it. Okay, the other pick tonight, uh, Siake Ika. The uh, big defensive tackle, and I mean big defensive tackle, six foot two, 335 pounds. That weight is actually probably lower than what he was listed at when he was at Baylor. Uh, started his career at LSU before he transferred, so he has those big college kind of kind of bloodlines in him. Mary Kay, this is such an interesting pick because with this, the addition of Dalvin Tomlinson and some of the other moves they've made on that in that defensive tackle room. It seems like, I, you know, I always think there's a time in, in the NFL when they have to show us their cards. They can't keep any secrets. This move, along with Tomlinson and some of the other moves they've made, they're showing us their cards with what they want that defensive tackle room to look like. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, you know, Andrew did a really great job of describing exactly what Jim Schwartz looks for in his defensive tackles. He wants them as big as they possibly can be, but still be able to move. So get big, but don't sacrifice your ability to move because that's what you have to do in this defense. You're going to be going forward even if you're a defensive tackle, you're going to rush the passer. And Andrew was saying that, uh, you know, that Ika has the ability to do that in addition to stopping the run. So these guys have the traits that Jim Schwartz is looking for. And, you know, that's what you need to do. When you bring in a coordinator, you can't expect him to be the, the kind of uh, Super Bowl winning coordinator that he is without giving him the kinds of guys he needs to run his scheme. And, Ika fits it, Delvin Tomlinson fits it for him, and you're seeing he you know, he added a defensive end in, in Oboe. Not even going to try to say that right now. There's too many pronunciation <laughs> issues going on here. 
Oh, Caronquo. See, Dan, you had no problem with that. No, no, I've been practicing. I've been saying that one for like two months now. <laughs> Oboe Okoronkwo. It does help to think it's, for Cavs fans, it's Isaac Okoro's name with like two extra syllables added to the end. So that's how I finally got it consistently. Okay. Or just Oko, Ron, Quo. <laughs> this is exactly what people listen to podcasts for, by the way. is Phonetic, phonetic <laughs> spellings of Brown's players' okay. names. So now I want you to say Sioni Taki Taki, Siaki Ika, and Ogbo, Obo, Okoronkwo, all together fast. Uh, I can't. I honestly, I couldn't even remember. I couldn't even remember the names you said, but that's how bad it was. Um, but anyway, back to what you were saying about our, our new friend. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. He has what they want in the middle there, and I think what you're going to see is the big guys clogging up the middle, but also getting pressure, and then you're going to have the outside guys, you know, either both playing wide nine or one of them playing very wide, but really just bringing it from the edges, bringing it from the edges. So, you know, you're going to have clogged middle, fast guys coming off the edge, Miles Garrett, Oboe. I mean, you can just see where they're going with this, and it's vastly different, in my opinion, than what you saw uh, with Joe Woods, and they have to draft differently for it. Yeah, Ashley, I mean, these guys are just going to eat up blockers. You know, yeah. Dalvin Tomlinson, you might have to put two guys on him. You might have to put two guys uh, on, on any of these big guys, and they're just going to eat up some of these blockers up front, and it's going to be harder for a guard to slide over and help. It's going to be harder for us. You know, the center has to make some decisions. It's just it makes things harder on the offensive line. Yeah, and, like, Eco wasn't the best pass rusher, right? Like, he didn't have any sacks last year. He had four and a half um, two years ago. His in 2021 but you know I do think it's funny to kind of see the type of guy he is on on paper anyway and then remember like Dalvin Tomlinson talking that like something that he takes pride in is yes like he's not always going to come up with a sack necessarily but he's really good at flushing guys out and getting them to those edge guys so that they can maybe clean up the play so I do think you definitely like Mary Kay was saying, these guys are going to eat up double teams. And that was even, I think, in Siaki Ika's scouting report uh, from Dane Brugler and that beast guide at the Athletic, that he really anchors those double teams. He did that in college. And I do think it's just it's just going to be so different than that room looked last year. And that's good because I think that's what it needs because they're, the numbers were just so horrendous coming from the defensive line last year. This is why I love draft season. You mentioned Dane Brugler's guide. I have it open here. And he says that uh, he comfortably carries his 335 pounds. So that's, yeah, I guess so. And, you know, this is one of the things where it's, you know, we're going to be out here on Saturday. They're going to be here. We're going to get a chance to do a press conference with them. Like, this is one of those press conferences where, like, I want to see these guys. I want to see how big both of them are in, in different ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're enormous. I mean, when, you, when we see um, Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, Siaki together, I mean, that's going to be a noticeable difference in the middle of that defensive line. And you're right. You know, Cedric, there really is nobody on this offense that's a, a wide receiver that is as big as he is. So although I think it was vitally important to get the, the fast, twitchy, shiftier guys. Uh, I also think it's important to have someone like this. Now, no matter what matchup you have, you have somebody that you can throw at it, right? You know, you have a little bit of everything. There's a lot of diversity in that room. And um, 
So yeah, oddly enough, you know, size was, you know, the order of the day on, you know, the first day of the draft for the, for the Browns. We do need to ask this question, um, and Andrew didn't engage in any sort of answer about it. I don't know when, if or when, we're going to get an answer on this. But, I mean, Mary Kay, does this mean anything for Perry on Winfrey, like, right now? You know what? I don't necessarily think right now, and they probably have a little bit of time. He's got another court date coming up on June 1st. Um, you know, they don't have to start training camp until July like 20th, somewhere around there. So if it takes him that long to sort of get it together, you know, so be it. You know, this could mean the end for Perry on Winfrey. It might not mean the end. It depends on how they feel about what happened in this incident uh, that he got arrested for. And if for some reason charges are dropped or something happens where he's no longer in legal trouble, I think that will change the, the focus for him, and, and he would have a chance of coming back. And the reason why I say that is because Andrew Perry, Andrew Perry does not part lightly with his draft picks. So I, I think they'll give him every chance to remain with the team. Okay, so before we go, one last thing. Um, six picks right now on Saturday. Ashley, what do you want to see them do? What are you hoping we can come away with tomorrow? It's hard to attach names to these picks, especially at 1230 in the morning. Uh, but w- I guess, what do you want the Browns to accomplish on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we'd all probably agree with this. I'd like to see them beef up the edge rusher room. Um, and also maybe a linebacker, if there's somebody there that they like. I don't know what the field is going to look like as you get later into the draft. But again, like just beefing up edge rushers, like I don't think it can hurt to add more bodies into the mix there. And, and selfishly, like, I don't know if they maybe trade some of these picks. I wouldn't be mad about it. I don't know what that looks like. But again, six picks on day three of the draft is still a lot to me. Yeah, Mary Kay, they've got 111, 126, 140, 142. I think all of us would love to start our day maybe seeing a couple of those picks pushed to next year. Yes, I think so. But unfortunately, it's not about us. We want it to be about us, but it's not. Um, so yeah, they could go ahead and make six picks tomorrow. They could make seven. They could even make eight or they could package some and make fewer picks. We don't know what they'll have in mind, but what we do know is once they start to get into these later rounds now, they are going to start to look for specific things and traits. Uh, they're going to look for, you know, you know, a a size guy, a speed guy, a punt return guy, you know, you're, you're going to find very specific slices of things that they're going to add to this roster and holes that they will fill with these final six. Okay. Well, I'll answer this question. I will. I won't go first, even though I want to, because I want to take an obvious one, but give me a position tomorrow, but not edge rusher. Give me a position for tomorrow. Mary Kay, do you have one? Yeah. I'm going to say running back. You know, I think once you get into the later rounds, um, you know, running back is probably a, a, a good thing for them to add to this team, especially, once again, knowing that Dearness Johnson is gone, Kareem Hunt is gone. Uh, I think they're going to need somebody to take a little bit of pressure off Nick. You're gonna add, you want to add some competition to the room. You want to add some legs and some bodies to the room for camp purposes and those kinds of things. So I would say running back. That was going to be mine. Don't forget what I just did for you, Mary Kay. <laughs> Ashley, do you have a position in mind? Yeah, and besides running back, I'll, I'll stick with linebacker. You know, I think, too, when you look at linebackers, again, you're talking about guys who are not going to be starters for you or even rotational players for you right away the later you get into the draft. But 
Could you get a guy for that Bubba Ventrone really likes who could contribute on special teams because we know linebackers typically do that. Um, and again, with all those guys coming off of season-ending injuries in that room, five guys in total, of course, um, I think Sione Takitaki and Anthony Walker's injuries were the worst. And Sione said maybe his return would come around October when we talked to him back in January. Um, so I don't think it could hurt to have more bodies added there, even just for camp to, to get those reps going. I'm going to go, I want to say interior offensive line, but that feels boring. I'm just going to say they're going to add another fast receiver. Just some kind of small, fast guy. Tyler and Scott's still out there. That, that's kind of a name I was thinking. Like, what if Tyler Scott's sitting there at 111, and they're like, we really love this guy? Because I think we're going to see a lot of best player available uh, from this team moving forward. Okay, there we go. A uh, An early Saturday morning edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast uh, from the Browns headquarters in Berea. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, you've missed out on newsletters. You missed out on texts today. Uh, you missed out on all sorts of stuff that's behind that paywall. So all you have to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns, click the blue banner at the top of page uh, to get info on that and get signed up and make sure you're subscribed to our podcast on apple podcast and spotify for mary Kay and ashley i'm dan thanks for listening everybody